0: It's time for JT the Brick. Big boy radio, and we're going balls out. Are you with me on this? Do me a favor and surprise me today. Shot down the field. Wide open Adams has it at the 20. 10 yard line. Goodbye. Touchdown Raiders. You can't say they're rebuilding with Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, and Devontae. Down to five on the play clock. Gets the snap. Hands off to Jacob. Stutters to the right. Burst through the whole 20. 25 30. He's off to the races. Here in Seattle, nobody's going to catch him. 25-20, 10, full game.
1: JT the Brick.
0: You don't bring in Jimmy Garoppolo if you're rebuilding. I
1: want to go get a ring, get the silver and black back to where it should be.
0: I am ready to go. Wake up this town. Did I miss anything? Call and let's see what you got. And now, here's JT the Brick. Final hour of the week here as we get to Raider Nation Radio. Heading into the weekend in advance, everyone. Have a great weekend as we're here with Bobby from the Studios of Lotus Broadcasting. And I think a really exceptional week for Bobby who runs the show. All the sound he brought in for the kickers and the punters and the cornerbacks and the safeties. We return on Monday as we'll go running back, which is halfback and fullbacks. And that's going to take a day and a half, maybe two, as we want to look at the Raiders' all-time greatest running backs, not the fullbacks, and then separate the fullbacks who are really great, right? Marv Hubbard, Marcel Reese, others throughout the years. You look at the backs compared to the fullbacks, the combination of Mark Van Egan, Pete Banizek, some of my favorite guys still with the organization. This is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a tough one, so we had to break it up. There was no way we were just going to say running back and lump in the fullbacks and the halfbacks. Couldn't do it. Clem Daniels. All the great players that have ever played for this franchise, Marcus Allen, Bo Jackson. I know a lot of people are going to say Bo. Uh, Bo played such a short period of time, it's tough to put him on an all-time list, but Bo's really popular. And Bo's probably going to be there with a lot of our listeners here. But the big story of the day, as we all know, is what happened with the Washington Commanders yesterday. And this is a very big, passionate topic of mine for the people I know who worked for that organization over the years, who did radio for that organization, who have talk shows in the nation's capital in D.C. and throughout my career, most of it, I've been on the radio back there. Uh, my 17 plus years at Fox Sports Radio. Before that, five years with Sports Fan Radio. I was always on in D.C. on one of those stations or Virginia in and around there. And I talk. I took a lot of calls from Redskin fans when we were saying that back in the day. And grew up in the era with the Cowboys, the Giants, the Skins, and how great they were, and the Eagles. And for much of my lifetime or my youth, the best division in all of football was the NFC East. No doubt about it. It was the best for the Cowboys. Not the dynasty of Jerry Jones, but Jimmy Johnson, two with him and Barry Switzer, NFC East. Joe Gibbs, one of the greatest coaches of all time with the Hogs. Joe Theismann, go back to their great teams. Mark Rippin won a Super Bowl, Doug Williams, and then the Giants with Bill Parcells, with Bill Belichick. Being the defensive coordinator there, I think the greatest defensive player of all time being Lawrence Taylor. And that's what was on my TV as I grew up as a kid. As I grew up as a kid, on my television, every Sunday with my dad was NFC East football. And it was really good. And a lot of that had to do with the now Washington Commanders. And they're going to be changing their team name. So Daniel Snyder was fined $60 million on the way out the door after the over $6 billion sale. $60 million is a lot of money, even for billionaires. And he deserved that fine because of the investigation that concluded that he sexually harassed a team employee and the team withheld revenue from the NFL. If you'll go back to mafia movies, the one thing you don't do is hold any money back from the family. And this guy was doing that in the league. He was holding back money. Attorney Mary Jo White, who led the investigation, informed... The league owners of her findings during a special session, that was yesterday. Some of that news came out last night, and the news of her findings broke at the same time it was announced that the owners had approved the sale at $6.05 billion, including Magic Johnson in that deal. So this uh, he's got 20 minority partners, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's the majority partner. He has controlling interests. All the decisions run through the new owner, Josh Harris now, all of them, and that's the way it should be. But he doesn't own 100% of that team. That's a point I wanted to make here. And no, no, Mark Davis doesn't own 100% of the team. A lot of owners don't own 100% of the team. They have minority partners for a number of reasons. We have Tom Brady as a minority partner with the Silver and Black here upcoming. So the fine against Snyder represents 1% of the sale price. But believe me, he's going to hate that. And he's going to kick and scream on his yacht. The rest of his life for that sixty million, they hooked him on the way out the door. Here is Roger Goodell. First off, a brand new ownership here. Daniel Snyder out the door. Here's the commissioner of the NFL. The findings
1: speak for themselves. Um, we had an obligation to to release those publicly. Uh, we did. We shared those with the ownership today. Had a full discussion of that. You know, that's the findings do speak for themselves. Particularly with Miss Johnson, that's inappropriate. It's the wrong and it doesn't match our values. Uh, And so, again, her findings were were clear, and her findings.
0: So Roger Goodell's happy to see him gone, because, look, I don't know what Roger Goodell knows or doesn't know, but with the Daniel Snyder leaked emails that took out John Gruden, the hit piece, and what's happened in the past, Roger Goodell wants this off his books, and he's got Snyder off his books now. Doesn't have to deal with Snyder, and he's dealing with Josh Harris, who's so excited to be the owner of this team, but still goes back to what happened with those emails and how they were leaked. And Roger Goodell's not able as of today to go through arbitration with John Gruden and John Gruden is not going to settle here. And John Gruden as of now wants to go to court and take this to the end. And so far the court here in Nevada has been good to John Gruden. It's been good to John Gruden and John Gruden and a lot of fans around the league who don't condone the John Gruden emails. I'm one of them still want to see this thing move forward in a court of law to see what happens here. And I think Roger Goodell is really concerned about that. But the commission is now satisfied with the outcome, as you can tell here, and he gets one of the bad guys out of the league. And he doesn't want to go in front of the House Oversight Committee again. And with all the news that came out for Daniel Snyder in that House Oversight Committee roundtable, uh, this was really unbelievable. Tiffany Johnson alleged that Snyder sexually harassed her. I'm going to give you everything. So if you have kids in the car, make a decision here. But this is really important that we bring this up. Uh, She said that Snyder put his hand on her leg under the table while at a work-related dinner. She also said that Snyder tried to force her into a limousine after the event. Another former employer, Jason Friedman, corroborated that story. Uh, Snyder continues to deny the allegations on the way out the door. After her initial testimony and during his interviews there. But in the investigation, turns out that this woman was credible. And it it stuck with the owners and it stuck with Roger Goodell on this issue. Let's get the positives of the new owner here, who seems like a great job from his connections with the Philadelphia 76ers. New Commander's owners. Here's Josh Harris.
2: This franchise is part of who I am and who I've become as a person. But being a fan is not enough. To be successful, we understand that we need to win championships, create a positive impact on the community, and create incredible memories and great experiences for our our fan base, much like I had as a youth growing up in Washington.
0: So I like Josh Harris being involved here now. And what's going to happen with him going forward? I think you're going to have a really good owner. It's going to raise the tide, and they are going to rock in D.C. again. They got a lot of fans. They do. That's one of the strongest fan bases in the NFL, and it was taken down to the studs. And the fans that are still there are going to build this back up again. And you're going to be hearing a lot from this franchise in years to come. No doubt about it. Jerry Jones, arguably the most powerful owner. What does Daniel Snyder know about Jerry Jones? I don't know, but people have said over the years, Snyder's got dirt on other owners out there. You can tell by hearing Jerry Jones here that he's excited to move on from the Snyder era and welcome a new owner. I think it's going to be a great day for the NFL. Excited. And it's, I think, a Hallmark day. Excited about the prospects of uh, going into uh, Washington and uh, giving them some capital punishment. And Jerry Jones at one time was a confidant to Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder looked up to Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones helped him along the way. Al Davis helped Jerry Jones when he came into the league. Jerry Jones has a very good relationship with Mark Davis. Here in Las Vegas, and Jerry Jones has had an impact already in Las Vegas when it comes to selling sweets and the business that he has behind the scenes with legends at Yankee stadium, man, Jerry Jones is a really powerful owner. No doubt about that. And one more soundbite that I wanted to play that stayed with me because I think magic Johnson would have been a great minority owner in Las Vegas because he's been always on the sideline of Raider games, but he got an opportunity magic Johnson to get involved with this Washington commanders ownership group. And he was on the today show And this is going viral as he broke down in tears now that he's a part of the NFL.
1: As a proud black man, you got me choking up now. When I think about... this This is a great opportunity... And um, I don't know why God blessed me with these opportunities.
2: <sighs> but I want to excel not only for myself and my family, but for all African-Americans, making sure we, we can see ourselves in these seats. And I want people to know that. <clears throat> we can do the job and um,
1: even sitting here with you now is a blessing for me as well.
2: So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: How emotional is that from the great Magic Johnson, who I think has said on record, he's a Raider fan and he's been a Raider fan for quite some time. So this is a chapter This is a chapter that I've been saying on record that I don't think is going to go away. Daniel Snyder is no longer the owner. I'll make a prediction that I really make only when I'm dealing with the Kardashians. Whenever a Kardashian gets married, it's 100% guaranteed they're going to get divorced. That is a house of just broken marriages, kids all over the place, different baby dads, baby mamas all over the place. And I don't wish divorce on anybody. But I can predict who's going to get a divorce when you see something. Mark my words, Daniel Snyder's wife has a great opportunity now to leave him and take this money and get half of it, and there'd be no court in the world that wouldn't give her half of it, including the yacht, the real estate, and everything else. She is not going to live her life in shame and walk around with that little Napoleon because they're not getting invited to the same events they used to get invited to. And they're huge and they're big and there'll be some hanger-oners and people hanging around this family and doing it because they're money grubbers and they want to be close to billionaires here. But I wouldn't be shocked if Snyder, a year, two years from now, we find out that his wife walked because she doesn't want to live her life in shame. And she gets 50% of that and there's no court in the world that would say, Mr. Snyder, we're giving her just a little bit on the way out. She's entitled to half of all of this. And, man, it's a big number. Go ask Bill Gates's ex-wife. Go ask Jeff Bezos' ex-wife what they can do with all this money here. I think that's going to happen to Daniel Snyder. In regards to the emails about John Gruden, that topic will go forward in sports. But a big day. Uh, one of the big topics this week. I think we're going to hear more from Snyder. I think that Snyder is going to ride off here in a couple of months, maybe a year, less than a year, Snyder and his attorneys are scoundrels. They're going to come out with something on other owners or other people around the NFL. It could be someone in Roger Goodell's executive office. There is absolutely no way that this guy goes away. No chance in hell that he goes away. So I'm watching a lot of golf as we speak. We got an American at the top of the leaderboard, which I think is a great story. Uh, going to Wikipedia and learning about the leader. And I think this is a great thing. You know, I root for American golfers. I don't root for foreign golfers and majors. I wouldn't mind if Tommy Fleetwood wins, but Brian Harmon has a commanding lead as Brian Harmon born January 19th of 1987 uh, from Savannah, Georgia, United States golfer from the university of Georgia is on top of the open championship. His highest ranking Was 20th in 2018. He has two wins on the PGA Tour. And normally a guy that you don't hear a lot about. So I'm going to be watching a lot of golf. I don't sleep well around the Open Championship. I want to get up early and watch it. I get up today and I DVR'd it when I went to bed last night and watched a little bit of it earlier today. Uh, Pac-12 media days are here in town. We got a couple of friends who are over there. It should be called USC Media Day because this is the big year for USC with Caleb Williams coming off the Heisman Trophy, an opportunity to go back-to-back and take USC to prominence again. They'll make the playoff, in my opinion. I think they'll come out of the Pac-12, but we have the Washington Husky fans that really have an exciting opportunity this year to dethrone USC. And look at what Utah did to USC twice last year. So that's a big storyline, too, as – Pac-12's here in town, and Larry Scott, who was the commissioner of the Pac-12 over the years, loved Vegas, took advantage of Vegas, wink, wink, and really destroyed that entire conference with the terrible TV package. How sad is it that UCLA and USC are leaving the Pac-12? Oklahoma and Texas are leaving the Big 12 so that the Big 10 and the SEC could get even stronger. A lot of talk this week about Georgia going for the three-peat. Uh, Nick Saban in Alabama. I think they're going to go toe-to-toe this year. It's incredible with that. We're going to get to baseball coming up here. I had a really good conversation with a baseball insider. We went back and forth as I was hosting Mad Dog on SiriusXM earlier in the week on where Shohei Otani is going to end up. Uh, you'll hear a bit of that conversation. And my podcast partner, Tom Looney, we call this Summertime Radio. We're doing a summer podcast series. And Looney and I coming up, you'll hear a bit of that. That podcast dropped last night wherever you get your podcast at JT and Looney. And we talked about Josh Jacobs and the running back market. And that's what I wanted to say. I spent a little bit of time with that in the first hour as the rookies reported, you know, all those young men who reported this week and they got it on video, they're happy. They're excited. This is the best moment of their lives. Michael Mayer showed up. Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback showed up uh, Be generous to them, especially on social media with our new quarterback. Be nice and generous to people who are putting on the Raider uniform and representing you for this organization. Everybody likes Michael Mayer because he thinks he's going to be the next Gronk. Well, give this young quarterback out of Purdue some respect when they post something about him on social media. He's part of the family. He might get an opportunity to play. I'm expecting him to play a lot in the preseason here and to see how good this arm is. And he's going to learn under Josh McDaniels. But rookies reporting, uh, veterans coming in here uh, next week. Wednesday, we'll be out there doing a special broadcast as we kick off training camp. And I'm going to jump out, head to New York for my nephew's wedding on Wednesday night. And I'm going to be back on Tuesday. Uh, one last trip to wrap up the summer here. And then it's head down and it's straight through to the preseason. Well, the preseason game is going to be unbelievable this year. Home against San Francisco at Dallas and at the Rams. Three of the best stadiums in the world. The Legion Stadium for the only home game. Dallas, the Palace in Dallas for Jerry Jones. And then we get to go to SoFi Stadium to see the Rams. The practice with the Rams are going to be really important, too. Those two days of practice are going to be physical. Will we see Jimmy Garoppolo? I would hope so by then. Will we know more about Jimmy Garoppolo by this time next week? Will we have a better understanding of what's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo and his health, Uh, In the next couple of days. That's something that I'm hoping to hear here over the weekend. And follow your regular Raider insiders on all that news coming up. Uh, The passing of Tony Bennett as we let off the show and playing some of his music. Been important today. The Open Championship over the weekend. And some of the players that are going to be available still in free agency. And who could be on the Raiders list as we're looking for another cornerback. And I think we all know that cornerback could be coming here. Marcus Peters. And a lot of those insiders are talking about him probably coming to the Raiders. I wish he would have came to the Raiders two, three years ago, more in the prime of his career. But if Marcus Peters ends up with this team next week or at some point during camp, he's a book and starter with the other Raider corners that they have and the ability to maybe step up here and have a much improved cornerback room with a veteran coming in. I'd still like to see a linebacker, and I'm always looking for a right tackle. Illuminor is a good player. Brandon Parker is a good player. If there's a stud, right tackle available that gets cut for whatever reason or a backup, it wouldn't be a stud, but a backup to a stud who's available, something to keep an eye on. Lino Messi is going to make his debut also in soccer in Miami. I, thought, I think this is an important moment in the history of MLS. I'm not an MLS guy, never have been. But with Messi, my eyeballs are going to be on that. And Women's World Cup. It's huge as the United States women team is heavy, heavy, heavy favorites. So that's something that hopefully there's no upsets, nothing crazy happening here over the next couple of days as they're down under in Australia and New Zealand. But I wanted to get in Daniel Snyder and the commanders, the timeline of dysfunction, the scandal as the NFL gets rid of one of their worst owners in history, stealing from ownership and sexual harassment, a $60 million fine on the way out. So he leaves the sport in shame. And a guy who loved the team and loved the franchise and made a lot of money as a bad owner. You can make a lot of money as a bad owner in sports. Daniel Snyder is the new poster boy for doing that. As we come back again, a little bit of the podcast with Looney and I. Try to give you a leaderboard update before we get out of there. It's opening day in Del Mar. My friends are blowing me up. I had to be here on Friday for my bucket of Modellos. But, man, if I could be anywhere else other than here, it would be in Delmore where the surf meets the turf. Opening day at the track of Delmore. Man, the memories I have back there. So it should be a good weekend. I think it's the last quiet weekend in sports as the cameras are rolling on Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets as we get ready for another installment of Hard Knocks. Man, it feels like it was a long time ago when John Gruden was the star of Hard Knocks, and uh, Raiders had to jump in on Hard Knocks. And now it's a different time, and we'll see how this looks with the Jets, the quarterback situation, and Jimmy Garoppolo all on the front of our minds as we just want to see a happy, healthy Jimmy Garoppolo lead this team. We're thanking all of our proud partners here. Uh, One I want to especially thank this week is Scott Sabella and his entire team over at Resorts World. I'll be there with my wife here over the weekend. we got friends in town. We're going to a dinner. I'll end up over at 8 Cigar Lounge for one cigar. My wife loves it because there's no smoke in the room. Every three minutes, they suck the smoke out of the room. It could be outside. Probably going to be inside because of the heat here. And going to be in the pool a lot and kicking poolside, man, with a good weekend as my sons are both home and my youngest son's going back to Arizona State here in a couple of weeks. I'm going to bring my whole family back to New York next week to go to my nephew's wedding which I'm really excited about. Interesting night yesterday, buying my two sons' suits. Had to get him suits for this. And uh, round of applause from my wife, who did a great time uh, manipulating that experience. Haven't done that. I'm not a guy that goes to the grocery store. I don't go to the store. Everything comes through me via I Make the Money. Uh, The kids can spend it. Now they have two nice new suits to bring back home to New York next week. Bobby's done a great job. Let me get out of the way. Looney coming up with the podcast. A little bit of baseball. Where will Otani end up? I have a guest who I talked to the other day who said, no shot. No shot. He goes to the Yankees at all. That should mean something for you West Coast fans. Maybe the San Francisco Giants and the Dodgers as we continue on the flagship of the Raiders. This is Raider Nation Radio. Most of the time I feel like every off season I, I definitely trained and I definitely worked, you know, as hard as I felt like I could in, in the moments. Um, but it was a little different because now, you know, going into year four, you know your body. You know you know what you need, you know what you don't need. Uh sometimes I feel like I overworked myself in the past, you know what I'm saying? So just being able to come out and know what I need to work on, you know what I'm saying, and come in and um approach it and and address it. Um, was It was probably the biggest thing for me for just knowing my body knowing myself. All right, summertime summertime radio as we are wrapping up our final hour of the week on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation radio. What do I mean by summertime radio? You know what I mean? A couple of vacations, a couple of Fridays off here and there. Before the six week, six week, 18, 19, 20 weeks of the Raider Nation. All day, Sunday. Monday to Friday, coaches' interviews, game day, uh, talking to you every day on the flagship, talking to the alumni, the players, and getting into football season, which we're all hoping is better than expected. I think we all agree with that. And we talked a lot this week about Josh Jacobs and the predicament he's in, and he is in a predicament. He's got to make a decision now. It's on him. And now there's even a little division in the Raider Nation. Was he in the parking lot in close? Oh, it wasn't even a close deal. Well, I'll find out. Josh will speak. The GM will speak. We'll know what the story is when we need to know. Predictions, Josh Jacobs from me will play. I think he'll play great because he's playing for his next contract. And you could say he just played for his last contract. He played for the franchise tag. One of the tags in this league at an elite position. And he's going to make over $10 million. And he hopes to make much more. Throughout his career, he's a really young guy, and he's going to have an opportunity to be continue to be a great player. Uh, Something we talked about. I have a journal. I write in my journal sometimes after every show, every four or five shows. I wrote down a lot about Josh Jacobs, not only for the preseason broadcast, but what we're going to be talking about next year at this time. So I have a bunch of books, and I look back, and I can go back to 2003. I can go back to 2009. I can go back to 2014. And look in July, so if I'm stumbling around July going, what should I talk about today in July? I could go back to any of my journal books and go, hey, on July 21st, 10 years ago with the Raiders, I was talking about this. This week was about Josh Jacobs as we move on. Want to lighten it up. Tom Looney and I do a podcast every week. It's our summer series. I'd really appreciate it if you download it. It's all I ask you to do. You don't have to pay for it. It's free. Wherever you get your podcast. JT and Looney. And Looney wanted to talk about this. He's in L.A., Uh, He's a Raider fan over the years. He went and saw a lot of L.A. Raider games. And me and him got into it on our podcast yesterday as we dove into the depressed running back market. It's the JT and Looney podcast. I have a really big topic, really big sports topic that I've covered all week. I did a a lot of double dipping this week. I did three hours Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on Mad Dog. Get me a juice box. Get me an award. (laughs) Then my five days a week on Raider Nation radio. And all of a sudden, running backs don't get paid anymore. Yes. Oh my god, what a topic. So we're not going to pay running backs. I'm in Vegas. Josh Jacobs reportedly real close. He led the league in rushing. Oh nothing, led the league in rushing. Right. And they were negotiating a contract extension. The franchise tag is 10.09 million. And Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley and Saquon Barkley went into Minnesota against the Vikings in the first round of the playoffs on the road and beat Kirk Cousins. And we'll get to that in a second and was great, and the two best running backs in football, along with Derrick Henry, all of a sudden the market's depressed. And what I find fab- fascinating about this topic is for years on the radio, I've been saying that we need some of these salaries to come down, mm-hmm. especially the NBA player. I think this is a bigger problem with the NBA, and this is why the NFL is freaking out, because James Harden could have a, sh- uh, a really bad year, and James Harden could get a, a supermax contract that'll pay him $42 million the next year. Kyrie Irving quits on his teammates all over. Oh, is he going to get a super max in Dallas? He'll get a new contract offer. But we can't pay these running backs. And you and I grew up in the heyday oh. of running backs. Let me give you a few: Franco Harris, Tony Dorsett, Eric Dickerson, Marcus Allen, the all-time great Earl Campbell, Barry Earl Campbell. Sanders, Walter Payton, and now all of a sudden, did we mention O.J. Simpson? O.J. Simpson.
2: Jesus, quite possibly the best time.
0: Wow. Yeah, we're living in a time now where we can't scrape up, scrape up. You know, take a little bit from him, a little bit from him, get the running back an extra million or two. And you know why? Because the market dictates the price, just like the stock market. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants the stock market to go up. Everybody wants real estate to go up. The Looney Mansion usually goes up in price every year. But you've lived through a real estate pullback. Right where you're, yep. you're, all of a sudden my my house is down a hundred grand. Well, it'll come back. Well, running backs, because the league has turned into a video game, thanks to Drew Brees throwing it seventy times a game. That everybody thinks you can get a running back anywhere, anytime, fifth round, seventh round, undrafted. Run that guy into the ground for four or five years and get a new one.
2: There's a lot of quarterbacks that'll tell you they wouldn't have their Super Bowl ring or their hall of fame career without the guy that got them over the top. You know, Terrell Davis for for John Elway, Marshall uh, Marshall Falk for for Kurt right. Warner. Right. Uh, you know, the guy, the guy that kept getting you that first down or could catch the ball out of the backfield. And That's what they're looking for. And there's another thing that's evolving, and that is Uh, Like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes and these amazing guys, Randall Cunningham, Steve Young, these guys that uh, that would have played running back over the years. They're taking the best football player on the field in high school around the country. Now, they're not just making the rich guy's son the quarterback anymore. It's going to be the best football player that they're putting at quarterback. Lamar Jackson's the best football player on the field would have been an amazing running back or wide receiver or tight end probably or any position, right? Middle linebacker. He could have been a defensive back. And that's what they're doing. And so that's another reason. There's there's less of these amazing guys and uh, more and more. And at the position throughout the years, through our lifetime, they've gotten better and better and better. There's so many great ones coming out of high school and coming out of college. that, In in a way, the way the sport has improved and the position that – they've become interchangeable.
0: You look back, you got to go back to 2013 and it's 2023. Right. You got to go back a decade to Marshawn uh, Lynch, right? A feature yep. back here, Legarrett Blunt won three Super Bowls, two with the Patriots, one with the Eagles. You look at who Kansas City's had with their two Super Bowl victories. Look at the Rams. When the Rams won the Super Bowl, they moved yep. on from the Todd Gurley contract, which yep. was an albatross, and they did it cheaper, but it's a really important topic to me because I'll evolve with the times. I'm not, hey, get off the wall right. guy. But when it comes to this one, I'm getting kicked to the curve because when I say you know Saquon Barkley is really valuable, so is Josh Jacobs, a lot of smart fans say it doesn't matter. The market is what it is, and it's a down market now. And it's a shame because I always believe you need a great running back to ball control, win games. You need a running back in the playoffs. You need a running back outdoors in the winter to get you that first down and set up the game-winning field goal. A lot of times everyone says, well, the quarterback's going to win the game. You're probably right. But how many of these games end on a 39-yard field goal where the running back got six yards to set up the game-winning field goal, and then afterwards everyone looks at the stat sheet and goes, well, the quarterback was 31 or 39 for 290 yards. It's, the point is a great running back can decide every football game. And we've discounted it now, and I feel for these guys because, Tom, a long-term contract in football going forward with a running back is a two-year extension. You're going to get your rookie deal. After the rookie deal, your owner and GM can franchise tag you. So after four years, if your fifth-year option didn't get picked up like Josh Jacobs, which I'm not hard on the Raiders for doing that. They didn't know who they were getting in Josh Jacobs. Four years, he played well, but it was a new regime, new head coach, new GM, so they wanted to kick the tires and see. Jacobs leads the league in rushing, and now you're, you, didn't ha- you didn't pick up his fifth-year option. You can only franchise tag him, and you look at Josh Jacobs going, man, I'd love to get another three or four years, but the market's only given two to three, and that's not good for the future of that position, in my opinion. Ask Kirk
2: Cousins, though. If the team keeps signing it to the, hmm. to the franchise tag, that's not the worst life if you stay healthy.
0: <laughs> oh, it's great for a quarterback it, yeah, it's great for it's, a quarterback because uh, you're top five at the position and I never yeah. thought Kirk Cousins and a lot of guys are not top five at their position if you look at the heyday of Brady now what, what is the franchise tag going to look like in football now Mahomes is going to set the bar Aaron Rodgers is at $50 million a year Okay, then you go to Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert who I think are both great I think Josh Allen isn't good he's great so, and then Jalen Hurts I don't think is good he's great so for all those quarterbacks, and Hertz got a long-term deal, Mahomes does, Josh Allen already has, Burrow and Justin Herbert are next. You can franchise tag them, but you're going to piss them off if you do, and they're going to get new long-term deals that the running backs aren't going to get because the quarterbacks get the majority of the money. It's just a big topic this week, which was much bigger than I thought. Every fan in any era of football dating back to leather helmets remembers one or two or ten great running backs In our and, lifetime and, 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 we, don't. and how many do we mention,
2: too, that we're all at the same time? Yeah. That we're all at this, where, where it was. And, and and that's the difference in the NFL, the evolution of the quarterback position. And, and we've always said, in a macro sense, we both uh, wanted to always remember that these are the good old days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of times in sports, we love to hearken back and say so and so, a sport was better back then, or a position was better, or the players were better way back when. But it was a different game back then and you had now these might be the good old days of quarterbacks just think of the top five that you just named but we could name 10 off the top of our head that are playing in the NFL right now that are legendary or Hall of Fame and putting up an amazing numbers and just even their uh, their the completion percentage compared to the quarterbacks we grew up with who are Hall of Famers with Terry Bradshaw and Bob Greasy and Roger Staubach and those guys who completed 50% of their passes. And we had Joe Namath shoved down our throat, always told that he was a legend. But by the time we were watching football, well, he sucked. Uh, but they kept trying to tell us he didn't. And, but they were all completing 50% of their passes. These are the good old days when it comes to watching quarterbacks and not running backs, and the running backs are suffering from it in the bank.
0: Yeah, and the running back now has no future in front of him. Austin Eckler, who's really good, really good player with the Chargers. He's really good. Yep. He's making close to nothing. On his contract, and he just found out this week that Josh Jacobs didn't get a lot and Saquon Barkley didn't get a lot. And Jonathan Taylor, who plays for the Colts, who was great out of Wisconsin. He had a couple really big years, huge years, got banged up a bit. And they're looking at everybody going, wait a second. I'm going into this upcoming training camp this week. And I got to hope for a deal next year, which I know I'm going to get franchise tag because the two best guys just did. And the franchise tag is only going to be 10000000 million. It'll go up to 11 because the cap goes up every year. But they're going, holy crap, I'm not going to get a new five-year deal. No, even the best players aren't going to get anything more than two to three years because there's a running back on the team in the waiting room who's a rookie or a second-year player on a rookie deal that was drafted in the fifth round or higher, and they're not getting anything, and they're probably pretty good, and they can replace the great back who I guess the GM and everybody thinks is going to be on the shelf in a couple of years. It's a very important moment because contracts are not going down in sports. Otani is about to get 600 million, not 60 million. We're talking about a running back yep. getting 10.09, then we're talking about Otani getting 600 million guaranteed by the way, all of it. And then we go to the NBA and I said it, it's an NBA problem. The NBA player, the seventh guy on the bench who was once a pretty good player, but now he's moving down the bench, is on the last three years of his deal making $12 million, yep. and he's playing 11 minutes a game. And these running backs are looking around going, holy crap. Why didn't I pick that sport? I thought I picked a sport from Pop Warner to high school that made me the king of the prom and the state champion, the running back. Yes. And now a guy, a backup power forward in the NBA? is on a $40 million deal. I can understand why these running backs are upset. So I always love talking to Tom, and he's going away to New York next week. I'm going away to New York uh, middle of next week. He to Elmira, New York. I'll be going downstate to New Paltz, New York, and Long Island, New York for a couple of days, and that's a portion of our podcast. We also talked about the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary, which I thought was a really good back and forth, and we talked about the Netflix series Quarterback quarterbacks excuse me which I've already mentioned today with Patrick Mahomes his wife Kirk Cousins his wife Marcus Mariota his wife and that in-depth look behind the scenes of what it's like to be a quarterback I wonder how cool would it be for Jimmy Garoppolo to be on that show the next edition how cool would that be if everything goes right with Jimmy G which we're expecting to he's able to play how great would it be for Peyton Manning's company Omaha to follow Jimmy Garoppolo around. I would i would bet Jimmy wouldn't want to do that. Because even since he's been here and from talking to people in San Francisco, he is super private. I mean, big-time private. I don't see him interested in that. But another guy who used to be private, Aaron Rodgers, is now playing for the Jets. And those cameras are rolling right now on Hard Knocks. They're rolling as we speak for the first episode with Leah Shriver as the voice of God. So that's going to be coming up. 702-365-9200. We had a great time this week with our kickers and punters, our cornerbacks, our safeties. Appreciate everybody with that there. Coming up, uh, Otani in baseball. I'm going to reset baseball. we am going to take a look at the standings, what's happening in baseball. There's a couple of teams that are selling. I talked to a New Jersey sports writer on the Yankees earlier in the week. Just going to play a chunk of that as we went back and forth on could Otani end up a Yankee or stay out west with San Francisco, Los Angeles, maybe even Seattle as we continue on. Bucket of Modelo coming up at the top of the hour. Drink a Modelo with me, a dripping wet, ice-cold Modelo with the fighting spirit as we continue right here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. This is Raider Nation Radio. As we continue on Raider Nation Radio, 9 20 a.m. Thanks again to my partner, Tom Looney, for joining me on the podcast, his podcast too, JT and Looney. Wherever you download your podcast, we're brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizza, the best pizza I ever had. You might say pizza, JT, in this heat. Grimaldi's has got the Caprizi salads, the Caesar salad, the Mediterranean salad, the Incredible menu, as you know, of all their beers and wines. And we give away a $50 Grimaldi gift card, as you know, with Bobby. Bobby calls it Pizza Friday today. And it is a Pizza Friday, thanks to Grimaldi's, the best pizza I ever had. So, as we're looking forward to what's going to happen coming up here in baseball, and there's a lot of teams that are in trouble now. And I'm a big believer in this topic of buying and selling in baseball and when to do it. You know, when you have the all star break, and then afterwards, right here at the end of the month. Here, everybody's talking about Otani, And if you're the Angels, do you want to be remembered for giving away Otani for a couple of prospects or players? Or you just want to hold on and let the guy finish his career as an Angel? Well, that seems to be pretty cool. If he finishes his career as an Angel, he'll get a last at-bat in Anaheim. He'll get a standing ovation because everybody knows he's not coming back to Anaheim because the owner doesn't want to pay. Artie Moreno is getting out of the Angels. I don't think he wants to pay that type of money. It's obvious to everyone that he is gone. So where is he going to end up? And I don't know where he's going to end up, but I only I know there's a few teams, only a few teams that can afford him. And that has everything to do with it, because I think the minimum contract for him is probably going to be anywhere from 600 to 700000000 million long-term unless he doesn't want to sign a long-term deal. If he doesn't want to sign a long-term deal, then okay. He doesn't sign a long-term deal, but I doubt that. I doubt that at all. So I talked to Randy Miller, and we had a little bit of a back and forth. He's a Yankees insider. He covers the Yankees beat. So he knows the Yankees as good as anybody. I think I know the Yankees better than anybody. So we were two guys going back and forth on the future of Shohei Ohtani. Despite
1: what rumors you hear, Ohtani is never coming to the Yankees. This year, Whoa! Or
0: whoa, that, and, well, whoa you you whoa. stole my thunder, whoa. Randy. That Wait a second. My question. Get him. He Jason, can't ruin ahead. my. You can't ruin my summer. I have the right to dream. You're telling me you have zero chance. Someone, you,
1: you, in okay. this case, you might as well dream. But there's, I'm telling you, the chances are zero. That they're getting them now, and zero okay. they're getting them in the winter.
0: It's I'm going to give. I'm going to give you some pushback, which most hosts won't. You tell me if the Yankees could somehow move part of the Stanton contract. And find a way to move LeMayu and or Rizzo, who are on the fast downside so they, of their they won't career. Move,
1: first off, they won't move Rizzo. That's Judge's best buddy. They can't lose Stanton, okay. who has no trade. He's not going anywhere. And the biggest thing is Otani does not want to play in New York. He he wants no part of the Yankees, no part of the media. He, he, he's okay. going to either Seattle or San Diego. San so Diego, Matt, uh, so uh,
0: Hideki situation. Matsui, who worked brilliantly and got a chip, got a ring. With the Yankees, so there's no Matsui dream that, hey, it worked for Matsui and maybe it could work for Otani. You're, you're calling it dead. You're saying no chance.
1: I'm saying no chance from people okay. I talk to in the organization, from friends I have that are in the Angels locker room that know Otani, from Japanese reporters I talk to. Uh, okay. If Otani goes anywhere on the East Coast, and I think it's, it's unlikely, the, the one intriguing city to Otani on the East Coast is Boston. He loves the city of Boston. He loves Fenway mm-hmm. Park. But from what I hear from everyone, he's not going to go there because he just wants to be left alone. He, he talks only after he pitches, even to the, uh, the, the Japanese media. Every once in a while, if he has a two or three homer game, he might give a quote to his Uh, interpreter to give the guys. And and you can't get away with that in Boston and New York. Uh, The Yankees know that they're not getting him.
0: So as I wrap this up and we, we talk about this, it's an important topic. The A's are irrelevant right now. They're irrelevant in baseball because they're not getting to Vegas. If they do get to Vegas for years to come, and they're not in the market to pay for anybody, even their farm prospects, they don't want to pay up at the big club. The A's are 27 and 71. Let that sink in for a second. Okay, where they're at and what's happening with them. But overall, the teams, as I say, I don't think Baltimore, I don't think he's going to go to the East Coast other than the Yankees are, or if the Mets overpay. Uh, but the Yankees are in big time trouble. I don't think there's a team in the Central that Otani will play for the Twins, the Guardians, the Tigers, the White Sox, the Royals. Remember, American League, Universal DH. He can play anywhere, pitch in DH. The Rangers are a real team. I don't know about the Astros. I think they got a big lineup already. The Mariners are in play because they're a 500 team, but they have a lot of Asian and Asian-American fans up in Seattle, and they would fill the ballpark constantly for him. Miami's an interesting team. They're starting to play better baseball. It's a bigger market, but they run that baseball team really cheap. Uh, the Cubs would have the money and the revenue there, but I don't think O'Tani's going to be a Cub. And then it comes down to the Giants, the Padres, and the Dodgers. Uh, the Padres have already went all in. Uh, they're 10 games back of the Dodgers. They have no chance. This season is pretty much over for the Padres, a team that everybody had in the playoffs. And the San Francisco Giants, the gateway to the Pacific Rim, in San Francisco, at Oracle Park, Otani can play for the Giants. And if the Giants end up making a run at Otani, it'll keep them away from the Dodgers. So imagine if the Dodgers have to face Otani for the next seven, eight, nine years. San Francisco would have the upper hand, and I don't care what the Dodgers do. Otani and the Giants would be all in, because they wouldn't get Otani in San Francisco without having some good players around him. He's got a pretty good player around him now, and Mike Trout, and they can't even compete. So I'm fascinated by that side of it. The sellers coming up into this trade deadline here, right here at the end of the month, here in July, I think the big names of selling of the Mets, as the Mets are 17 and a half games out, they're done. Uh, You look at some of the other better teams. The Padres would like to get rid of a player or two. I think it would be smart for them to do that. And my Yankees. I got to be honest. Even though the Yankees are above five hundred and they're never going to admit defeat, they look pretty much dead to me. As the Yankees are at fifty and forty-seven and nine and a half games out of first to the Orioles. They can get hot. They can get hot and catch the Orioles. The Rays aren't playing that great. The Rays have lost what they lost uh, coming in to earlier today. Five in a row and. Seven out of the last ten. But I like talking baseball. And the team that's doing the best this year that I, that I got right was the Texas Rangers. They got Bruce Bochy. What a hire that was. Bruce Bochy was a tremendous hire to stabilize that franchise and give him a manager with three World Series rings that everybody respects. Everybody respects there. All right, we continue on here. Uh, appreciate everybody, obviously, who's been chiming in, jumping in all week long. What we're going to do on Monday Is we're going heavy training camp. And as we get into next week in general, what we're going to focus on is the offensive side of the Raiders all time team. The offensive side will clearly consist of the wide receiver, the fullbacks, the running backs. And then we'll get around finally to the quarterbacks when I get back from a quick trip to New York. And we'll have a pretty good understanding, I think, on radio of the Raiders all time team. And that's going to be a lot of fun as we knock that out. And that is right around the corner want to thank our proud partners, everybody who stepped up this week for us. In the heat of the summer, we thank everybody behind the scenes who builds this radio show and make sure that we have a radio show because we have proud partners, including Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence, the DeCastiverte Law Group, Grimaldi's, our friends at Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Just amazing what they do for us. M Resort Spa and Casino Resorts World with Doghouse Saloon. We appreciate everything they do. The Botanist Gin under the Remy brand is fantastic. We love that. And, you know, to the Verdes again, if you get into an accident over any type of time, summertime, wintertime, not that there's a lot of snow out here, you can call them and they'll help you in a pinch and they'll fight hard for you. 702-222-9999. JT, thanking you very much for listening this week and uh, tuning into our entire lineup from the morning tailgate to Q who's coming up next. Can't wait to hear what he has to say about what was happening with Slam Ball. Because I saw he was out there yesterday. It looked like a great time, and that seems like a lot of fun. Have a good weekend, everybody. Keep everybody hydrated. Help out the people that need help during this heat wave that we're going to get out here in June and July and August the rest of our lives right here on the flagship of the Silver and Black. This is Raider Nation Radio. Have a good weekend.